You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker. Among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. <laughs> Guys, good evening and welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay, back with you once again to cover another thrilling episode of SmackDown, now currently on the Sci Fi Network. And there's, there's still people out there that are very upset, like Walkie, that. SmackDown is on the Sci-Fi channel. And, you know, I mean, granted, last week, the rating for Sci-Fi, I think, came in at about a 1.7, which is lower than the My Network TV. But you got to remember, I mean, SmackDown going to Sci-Fi, it's now on a cable network. I think it's going to do well over there. I know that there are even pessimists that join us every week here in the chat room that think six months from now, that the WWE is going to close its doors. That's just not going to happen, people. I just don't know where that logic comes from. And quite frankly, I'm, I feel even stupider for having, having even said that uh, in regards to certain people in the chat room. Uh, with that being said, let's get our music queued up and run right into SmackDown for the second week in a row on the Sci-Fi Channel.
right, let's get things started off. What started us off with SmackDown tonight, we opened the show with Teddy Long introducing the newest draft pick to the SmackDown brand, uh, Edge, the rated R superstar, has been traded to SmackDown. We still officially do not know who the trade going to Raw is going to be, but uh, all reports are indicating that it is, in fact, going to be CM Punk. So we'll see how that breaks down. Uh, we start things off again. Teddy Long bringing out Edge and uh, Jack Thwagger, the All-American American Oklahoman, comes out, but he's not alone. No, no, no. He brings the Thoring Eagle, his new mascot, his new manager. And I pray to God that on the SmackDown versus Raw 2011 DLC pack number three, I hope that the Thoring Eagle is in fact a playable character or at least uh, a playable manager or even a Hornswoggle type character that you can't play, an NPC. But hopefully they bring him in because I think the Thoring Eagle is absolutely brilliant. I'm loving the fact that Jack Swagger now has a mascot in an eagle, guy in an eagle costume. It doesn't get much better than that. Of course, basically this continues the feud that Jack Swagger and Edge have started uh, a match ensues between Swagger and Edge. A very good back-and-forth match. For those of you who aren't big fans of Edge's work, uh, I, and I'm, I'm lumped in that group as well. I, I'm not a big fan of Edge, but I will say that I was very impressed with the match he and Swagger put on. A lot of false finishes. You thought at, at a couple different times Swagger was going to get the win. Uh, at one point, Swagger even is thrown into the soaring or the thoring eagle who is standing on the ring apron and is taken out of action and uh, wheeled away on a stretcher. But don't worry, he wasn't hurt. He did wave with his little wing to everybody to let you know that he was okay. Basically, moving on from that, we get to the finish, which sees Edge hit the spear on Jack Swagger, and there you have it. Edge is victorious for the second time against Jack Swagger. Now, looking at this match, I'm going to be real honest. I... Don't understand why Edge had to go over here. I really think that Swagger needed the win to kind of continue things because this is two weeks in a row or twice in a row that we've seen Edge get the better of Jack Swagger. So if this is going to be a continual thing or you know a feud that's going to continue for any, any more length of time, I don't know how that's going to work with Edge having two victories over Jack Swagger unless they want to end this thing quickly, which is sad for Jack Swagger because you know this is a guy who... Um, was a huge deal on ECW, was drafted to Raw, kind of, uh, you know, suffered in the mid-card, didn't really go anywhere, and then won money in the bank, went to SmackDown, became the World Heavyweight Champion. The WWE wasn't high on his run as the World Heavyweight Champion, and it was taken away, and he's just kind of, again, once again, just stuck in the mid-card. It's kind of sad because I think Swagger has all the ability in the world uh, yes, he has a list, but that's never hurt guys like Dusty Rhodes in the past, has it? Um, I think Swagger could be a big main event star for this company. I think they pushed him the wrong way as the world heavyweight champion. But again, uh, Jack Swagger is just kind of stuck in that mid-card purgatory. And having two losses to the returning edge to SmackDown does not help him at this point in time. We'll have to see where this escalates. Uh, perhaps Edge will have a new feud on the horizon in the very near future, but... It sucks if you're Jack Swagger uh, to lose twice to Edge in such a short period of time. Next up, we had um, a nice little Divas match. We had Layla 
who was accompanied to the ring by Michelle McCool, uh, taking on Kelly Kelly, who actually came out with Natalia. Okay, I'm confused here because last I checked, Natalia was not the Unified Divas champion, and she was a Raw. She was a Raw Diva. So why is she on SmackDown when she's not in a match accompanying Kelly Kelly? I, maybe it's me. I know they want to continue this feud, but on the basis of she's from another brand, it didn't make any sense here. Um, I did like the fact that. Michelle McCool was wearing a Flawless Dynasty t-shirt, which is basically a rip on the Hart Dynasty. Um, obviously, this feud will definitely continue. Uh, an interesting match, to say the least. I think Layla did get the victory. Uh, moving on to our next segment of the night, Big Show comes out and cuts a great promo, talking about how he's going to be the captain uh, for the SmackDown team at Bragging Rights. So we already know that The Miz... Is going to have team is going to be the captain of Team Raw. So now we know that Big Show is in fact the captain of the SmackDown team, which this is shaping up to be very interesting. The Dude Busters decide to interrupt the promo and basically petition themselves to be a part of Team SmackDown in this big bragging rights match, which is coming up in about three weeks' time. Of course, Big Show introduces before that the uh, the official team mascot. So you would think the mascot is going to be the Thoring Eagle for SmackDown. In fact, that is not what happens here. Hornswoggle comes out and becomes the official mascot as he's wearing the blue. He has uh, you know a set of Viking horns on. And I know at, at a couple different points in the promo, uh, Big Show was making fun of the fact that he was, uh, he was not Smurfette with a goatee. So I thought that was a pretty funny uh, segment. Uh, like I said, the Dude Busters come down, interfere uh, when Big Show is talking to Hornswoggle, and petition themselves to be a part of the SmackDown bragging rights team. They said if they don't get what they want, then they can always ask for a trade to Raw and be some of the most valuable players on Team Raw and actually take off their blue SmackDown shirts to reveal that they are, in fact, wearing uh, Team Raw t-shirts. Now, it gets interesting from here as Big Show says, what should I do, Hornswoggle? And what does Hornswoggle say? Well, the Big Show grabs both of them by the throat and choke slams both guys down to the ground. So that is exactly uh, what you have going off in this particular segment with the Big Show, the Dude Busters, and Hornswoggle. So very interesting to say the least. Uh, let's see. Moving on after that segment, we get, of course... Uh, another dashing Cody Rhodes promo, this time telling you how not, excuse me, how to brush your teeth, the dashing Cody Rhodes way. Very good promo. After that, we have a very interesting mixture as dashing Cody Rhodes and his tag team partner, uh, Drew McIntyre, come down uh, and have a match with, of all people, Caval. And Kofi Kingston. Now, the story is, is interesting here because Caval and Kofi Kingston have initially formed this team on the basis that they spent a few hours together playing uh, SmackDown versus Raw. They said 2011, but I'd be surprised if that was the actual case unless they do have a copy. But either way, they were playing SmackDown versus Raw, and the they basically formed a tag team from that position. So uh, a very interesting way to put your tag team people together. Caval uh, and Kofi Kingston taking on uh, Dashing Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre. Of course, 
In the end, McIntyre and Rhodes got the win over Kingston and Caval. So the next segment to come out, uh, they'd been plugging this all night, ladies and gentlemen, that Kane was going to make a special message for The Undertaker. So Kane and Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer actually makes his way down to the ring, stands in the ring, and announces his own son, the devil's favorite demon, the world heavyweight champion, Kane, to come down to the ring. Uh, a very good promo from Kane, of course, as the music playing in the background is normal, which I think is to some extent cheesy, but it really works with the promos that Kane's getting across. Basically saying that he's had this plan for a long time and The Undertaker's end is soon and, you know, very good promo by Kane and I'm looking forward to seeing where this is going to go. As we all know, in about three weeks' time, it looks like we are going to have a buried alive match between Kane and The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight Championship. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, in fact, does play out over the course of the next few weeks. Uh, Next up, we actually had an intercontinental title match. A very good Intercontinental title match, in my opinion, as Dolph Ziggler, the reigning Intercontinental champion, defended against uh, Montel Vontabius Porter. Of course, Dolph was accompanied to the ring by Vicky Guerrero, but during the match, uh, at one point, Vicky walks away from Dolph Ziggler, and the match continues. She leaves. But shortly thereafter, Caitlin, the rookie diva, of Vicky Guerrero makes her way down to ringside uh, to cheer on Dolph Ziggler and at one point helps him get the victory as MVP had Dolph Ziggler set up uh, for a maneuver. He runs to the back of the he runs to the ropes. Uh, Caitlin grabs his foot. When he turns around, Dolph Ziggler takes the opportunity to hit the zigzag for the one, two, three, and Dolph Ziggler still your intercontinental champion thanks to interference from Caitlin. Of course, this does not sit well with Vicky Guerrero, who is standing at the edge of the ramp, looks down, and basically Dolph Ziggler pushes Caitlin away and uh, tries to <laughs> convince her that everything is okay. Obviously, uh, that, that's not happening. Happening. Vicky Guerrero wants no part of this, and Dolph Ziggler yells to her, I love you, Vicky. I love you. So uh, Vicky Guerrero not having very good luck in the department when it comes to men on this brand. I mean, she's gone from being the wife of Eddie Guerrero to obviously being the wife of Edge. Eric Escobar was her boyfriend for a time. And now we have Dolph Ziggler, her latest boy toy. So uh, Vicky Guerrero, that cougar, man, she just doesn't have any luck with the, uh, with the male sex, as it were. And I wonder why. I think Obama actually had a, had a quote once. If you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Well, go figure. On that note, we get to the main event of the night and my god was this a pay-per-view quality match why they put this on free tv i will never understand i really think this would have been better suited for bragging rights uh makes me wonder if there is in fact a possible problem with uh with alberto del rio or even Rey mysterio they wanted to get this feud out of the way but we've seen over the course of the last few months since alberto del rio made his in-ring debut uh, to the SmackDown brand, uh, his getting the better of Rey Mysterio, whether it was uh, you know putting him out of his misery and breaking or basically messing up the arm with the chair, um, even to you know a couple weeks back we saw or last week we saw you know Alberto Del Rio come down with a Chihuahua with the Rey Mysterio mask. So this has been brewing for a while. Well, we actually had a match between these two, and uh, 
I mean, main event quality all the way. Uh, this this could have been a main event for a pay per view. Uh, you know, Alberto Del Rio was fantastic. Ray was absolutely phenomenal, and uh, of course the finish came with the six one nine and the uh, this body splash from Rey Mysterio on a very prone and beaten Alberto Del Rio for the win. So there you go, Rey Mysterio getting a little bit of revenge after all the. Uh, after being tormented by Alberto Del Rio over the last little bit. So very, very good match, in my opinion. I still say, why did you not put this on pay-per-view? But hey, every now and then it's nice to get a, a great match like this on free TV. So I can't really bitch and complain too much to the WWE. Uh, overall, I give both guys all the credit in the world. They put on a five-star match, and I hope this isn't the end of Rey Mysterio, Alberto Del Rio. But if it is... It's going to be interesting to see what road both men take from here on out. But that was pretty much your SmackDown recap uh, for tonight. Like I said, uh, I give the show two thumbs up. I thought it was very good. A very entertaining edition of SmackDown. The comedy bits between Edge and Swagger, I think, are going someplace. I hope this feud isn't dead yet. But uh, with Edge getting two wins back-to-back, I kind of think maybe that's that's where it's headed. It might be done as quickly as it started, please, WWE, if you're listening to this broadcast, do not get rid of the Thoring Eagle because that that is got that is awesome. I mean that that's going to go places. With that said, again, guys, that was your SmackDown recap right here on Unplugged. At this time, I want to bring on my official news source right here on Unplugged from Headlocks to Headlines dot com, Chris Kelly. What's going on tonight, buddy? Oh man, not much. Just. I'm loving my music. Yeah, you got some cool. You got some cool music, bro. You do. Man, I know. Last night when I was watching Impact, I was actually expecting my theme, my theme song to play when they played when they played Ari's theme song. Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, um, you mentioned Alberto Doria. Apparently, he was very close to quitting WWE just before his debut. Um, Apparently, he was said to um, he was upset about the money he, he, uh, he was making and not and not receiving much publicity. But apparently, he was convinced to stay, and that's why they rushed him to the main roster because they wanted to keep him happy. Yeah, you know, I remember reading a report not too long ago that uh, he wasn't happy that they took him out of the mask, and yes. he wasn't happy with a lot of things. Uh, and a lot of the guys in the locker room were like, "Look, man, they're going to give you a big push. You, you need to keep your mouth shut." So. Uh, it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. I mean, I really think that if utilized correctly, I think he's bitching now that, that he's not making enough money. Uh, I mean, this guy needs to just sit back, go out there, and bust his ass. And if he's as good as I think he is, I think he's going to be a major star for this company. And he's going to make major money down the road. But my God, man, I, I, I just, the egos of people today, I don't know. Yeah, but this guy, he. I, I've not seen much of his work in Mexico, but he does look like the guy that can play a face or a heel. And like you said, he if if he shuts up and just gets gets on the ring, this guy will be money. Like he will just make the money because I think he he can probably work both face and heel. But I don't know. Um, what else we got? Um, as you mentioned already, apparently CM Punk is going to Raw. I mean that's not officially confirmed, but he's been working a few house shows over the past few days, so. Who knows? Um, now, you might have noticed, Michael Cole was on the sat this week. 
Uh, yeah, this I did notice that. Yeah. Apparently, and according to Peter Insider, um, he's been he he will now become the voice of SmackDown. Um, I'm not sure if he's if he's still going to be on Raw. I don't know, but apparently, Mr. Man is said to be high on Cole and feels that he will help help establish SmackDown on Sci-Fi. So, if he does move from Raw to SmackDown permanently, who will be the voice of Raw? Um, I, you know what? I think that he's going to be both. To be honest, Curly, I think that's. That's probably where they're going with that. But wouldn't that be overexposure? Too much coal? Because you, you get him on NXT? Well, I mean, let's think about it. Who, who could be the voice of the general manager uh, on Monday Night Raw? I, I mean, if Cole goes to SmackDown and, and only stays on SmackDown, that's not going to work. I mean, we could have a situation arise uh, early on in SmackDown, if you remember the the first iteration of SmackDown on the, uh, what was it, the UPN Network, uh, Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole did commentary for both broadcasts. It is possible, but, you know, like, fans these days will bitch anyway. And it would be kind of cool to see if they did bring someone up. I think Matt Striker would be awesome on Raw. I don't know, man. I, he- I, I, I'm honestly annoyed by Matt Striker a lot of times. I, I just, I think he's too... He's too damn cerebral sometimes with the shit he does. He always has to give somebody a, a faction name or some stupid quip. I, I don't know. I, I just I think Stryker, I liked him initially, but I think he's gotten a little overboard. But Stryker does cool like old moves by the original name. Like he 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 is breaking out names that I've not heard in years. So, and I think he I think he has talent. Or hell, even possibly CM Punk. CM Punk impressed me when he did commentary on um, NXT. A few weeks back, I know you missed it because you don't follow NXT, but he w- he actually did commentary a few w- uh, weeks back, and he was pretty damn funny. So I think CM Punk has a future in commentary once he retires from the squared circle. Wow. Um, I think we're quite a- I think we're quite a while away from that though. It, it depends. Apparently, like his move to Raw is basically they they done that because they have no plans for him, and I don't see what plans they have have for him on Raw, uh, like. We must see the feud, the feud between Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. That feud must happen whilst they're both on war. Because I think that would kick ass. Um, speaking of war, apparently Michael Tower was removed from the Nexus due, due to a, gro- uh, a groin problem. So he'll be out for a few weeks. Uh, unfortunately, what else do we have? Um, apparently WWE is thinking about bringing back WWE Heat. Um, which of course wasn't it, with their pre- pre-show to pay-per-views. This is in hopes uh, of getting last-minute buys. Now, I'm not sure what you think, but I used to love Heat. Heat used to always be a fun show. You know what? I, I, I'm i with you, man. I think that bringing back a Sunday Night Heat-type program leading into their pay-per-views would be a fantastic idea. I'm all for it. Uh, so if the WWE wants to go that route, they have my support 100%. I mean, when you think about it, it's a good way to get the dark matches that wouldn't exactly be on the pay-per-view on live TV at the arena before the show. And, you know, they're saying that they think it might be a way to uh, get people interested in that last-minute buy. Well, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why you got rid of it in the first place. I mean, Sunday Night Heat was one of those shows that I really enjoyed watching. Sure, it was an hour, but when you had your pay-per-view build-ups, a lot of stuff, they usually had a lot of backstage stuff. You know, they always enticed you to buy the pay-per-view with those Sunday night heat broadcasts. So I think it's a I think it's a I think it's brilliant to me. I think they should have never gotten rid of it. So 
hopefully they uh, they decide to go with that. But I hope that they just keep it as the like, pre-show to the pay-per-view because if they if they make it like a weekly show like they did, it would just turn into a fourth show, and they, when they they'll probably put it on Wednesday. So then every day of the week would be a wrestling week. But who knows? Um, there's one more bit of WWE news, but I'll leave that towards the end because <laughs> it's quite funny. Let's uh, let's head over to TNA. Um, apparently, former WWE um, office member uh, Bruce Pritchard has joined TNA as a production member. For those of you, uh, he who... was in WWE for about. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I should say he he was he he was in WWE for about twelve years and was considered a good friend of Vince McMahon before being released in two thousand eight. Well, unfortunately, uh, you know Bruce Pritchard. If you don't know who he is, he uh, he was known for a long time as Brother Love. I love you. One of the most obnoxious WWE personalities in the history of the uh, the World Wrestling Federation. Of course, he also was the original manager of the Undertaker. For those of you who didn't know that, and then later on, Paul Bearer assume the role that Brother Love vacated. So that's the origin of The Undertaker. As he was brought onto the uh, Survivor Series team by Ted DiBiase, he was brought by Brother Love, his official manager, to the company. So uh, Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard, been with the company for a long time. Uh, at one point in time, had a great, great relationship with the McMahon family. And over the last couple of years, uh, some things have happened that you know have, have seen him leave the company. So... I think that having Bruce Pritchard, I think he's got a great mind for the business. Having him in TNA is only going to help that product. So we'll see where it goes. But I think it's it's a good move by TNA to pick up Bruce Pritchard. Um, TNA have also re-signed TN3D to contract uh, over the past month. Their contracts have been up, and people w- were wondering if we would see him again. Apparently, they signed new contracts this past weekend, and will return next week to set up a feud um, possibly with Bubba Ray going back to being a heel and Devon uh, going back to being a, f- a face, kind of continuing their feud to the one that happened just before Hardcore Justice. And on the bright side, here's something you can look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the last time the, the Team 3D, the Dudley Boys, whatever you want to call them, were split up was, uh, I believe, back in, what, 2002 when... Bubba Ray went to the Raw brand, and SmackDown uh, had Devon, and of course we had we saw the introduction of Father or what was it, uh, Reverend Devon oh. was Reverend Devon, yes, and Deacon Batista. So maybe this could be the way Batista comes to TNA Wrestling, revising his uh, Deacon Batista character. There you go, just putting it out there. It could happen. Now, one of the biggest news stories of the past six months was Paul Heyman and TNA. Um, well, Paul Heyman will not be joining TNA because he's, he signed a deal with EA Sports to be involved in their MMA game. Uh, he said that he said that he was close to he was quite close to joining TNA, but wasn't given the right terms. So now he has no interest in going to TNA and will be uh, heavily involved in the producing of EA Sports's MMA. You know what? That's that's going to uh, be interesting. Yeah, um, I know Heyman's quite a good like um, at getting word out, but Heyman involved in producing a video game that could be interesting. I'm I'm not quite sure how, how like what like would he be like the like the advertisement because as you know he he's quite good at advertising. 
But I've heard mixed reviews about this new MMA game. Apparently it's not as great as the UFC game. But who knows? Um, let's see. Okay, the last bit of news, and this, and whenever this earlier, I almost writed WWE are in talks with Justin Bieber about singing American the, uh, American the Beautiful at WrestleMania 27. <laughs> <coughs> oh my God, I'm calling bullshit on that one. Uh, you know what? I, I made a Facebook page today, or I made a Facebook post today about that, saying that if they're really worried about their buy rates going down, that's really not the avenue to take. But then again, what a classic WrestleMania moment it would be for Randy Orton to go out there and RKO Justin Bieber and then hit him with a punt kick. I mean, fuck. I, I think I think that would be brilliant. I mean, he could punt him into the uprights in the Georgia Dome. I mean, I, I'd be okay with that, to be honest with you. Uh, as far as him singing America the Beautiful, I, I don't know, man. I, I just... I'm sure that from a, from a certain standpoint, he might bring a lot of teenage girls to the table who would probably become John Cena fans if they weren't wrestling fans. So, I mean, maybe that would be the way to go, but uh, I don't know. To put Justin Bieber up there with acts like Aretha Franklin and Liberace and even that chick from Destiny's Child, the least, fa- the, the least famous one, I don't know if he just fits up with, with, all those, with all those people that have sung the national anthem. Even Lillian Garcia, I, I just I don't know if if he rates up there with those people. Literally, I was speechless when I read that. Like on Twitter earlier, there was like a Twitter trend saying, "Please, we don't have Justin Bieber at WrestleMania." But I just don't see how. Like, okay, yes, I I understand from a business standpoint to have a sixteen-year-old sing on, on a product that's aimed at kids. Yes, wrestling fans like you and I, the older fans, will riot. You you think the kid rocking uh, the kid rocking up? As long, I, I tell you what, as long, if Justin Bieber is going to be there. Oh, testify. Please call my name. We totally need that song from Justin Bieber. I know. Uh, I, I, okay, I swear to God, if he actually is on the pay-per-view, I'm not buying it. I will boycott WrestleMania. Just because he's on it. I can't. <laughs> That's how <much laughs> I cannot stand that kid. I will boycott WrestleMania, the, the granddad of them all, if, he's, if he sings at any point during it. Like I said, man, I mean, I'm not a Justin Bieber fan, but I have kids that are. So if it's going to draw in a younger audience for the WWE, maybe it's not such a bad idea. But you could get like, for example, get Hannah Montana. At least, the, at least the male fans will go, will buy it just to watch her. Dude, the bad thing about and, bringing Hannah Montana to the show is she'd probably sleep with half the fucking roster. And it'll still get a good buy rate. I'm pretty sure there's more guys out there that want that want to watch Hannah Montana dance around in underpants than Justin Bieber. I'll agree with you. Now, somebody did put a, a a video on YouTube that was uh, circulating around Facebook. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Crelly, but it was Justin Bieber. Uh, meeting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, and I saw that. I, I thought that was brilliant. Whoever took time to make that video and actually edited in the, the audio clips, that was priceless. That was genius. I would love to see Steve Austin come down and just fucking beat the shit out of Justin Bieber. But I, I think it would be more apropos for Randy Orton to hit that RKO and the punt kick right through the uprights. We could just have the whole roster come out, just the whole roster come out and have Justin Bieber just take everything and finish her. 
and that would be a WrestleMania moment. That would be the best, best, yeah, best WrestleMania in history. If we just see this poor sixteen-year-old kid get the get, get being being out by wrestlers, but that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> you make it sound like it's a bad thing, Crowley. Come on, this this will be a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's a bit, um, yeah. But no, JJ, we can't say being up sixteen-year-old kids is bad, uh, good on 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 pay-per-view, man. That's bad. Well, it's certainly not good when you're running for senate. Wow, could you could you imagine like? All the, all the kids' mothers that, that would complain if Justin Bieber got beaten up on on WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that would uh, that would pretty much kill any uh, any momentum. Granted, though, her Senate run's going to be over there. Yeah, uh, I don't follow politics much, but is she winning her the poll? Uh, the, actually, the last I heard, she's dropped down by 11 points, and uh, I believe her competition right now, Blumenthal, is beating her by by about an 11 point margin. So. Things are not looking very good for Linda McMahon right now. I don't think she's going to rebound and win this thing. So we'll we'll see what oh, happens no, after this race is over. Yeah, like I don't I don't expect WWE to bounce straight back to being PG thirteen or whatever TV thirteen over there in America, just because right now it makes so much money. But who knows? As soon as soon as she wins or loses it, you know the fans will be straight away demanding that it returns to that to the uh, era and have blood and gore. So. Who knows? That is very true. And Trent Phoenix says that Eyes of Righteousness needs to be the song of the night. So for you, Half Mage, song of the night will in fact be Devon's old theme from the WWE, Eyes of Righteousness. There you go. Ask and ye shall receive. Did you uh, get a chance to watch last night's Live Impact by any chance? Um, I did. I did. I, PV- I-, I DVR'd it. And I-, I tried to watch as much of it as I could live. And... Uh, in my opinion, it was a very mixed show. Uh, some of it was decent. Some of it, not so much. Uh, I thought that Flair and Foley was decent. I thought they went through a lot. To see Flair actually jump off the top rope onto Foley, who was on a table, was amazing. For a guy that's, that's Flair's age to do the shit that he did in that match. I mean, both of them were a, a bloody mess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, we were taking bets in the chat room who was going to blade first. I said Flair, but I was wrong. Foley ended up getting busted open first. But Man, uh, that yeah. bump that that Foley took from the entrance ramp through the table that looked like it hurt. Cause it, it looked it looked like he missed the table and his hip hit hit the concrete. And I know on Twitter he was saying that he was pretty be- uh, banged up. So you know what? Yes, it it was a brawl match, uh, a brawling match, but it was still a fun match. It was. I mean, it's interesting to see the greatest of all time in Ric Flair take on the guy he labeled as a glorified stuntman to, uh, to, to, you know, in that match. I mean, I thought both guys, you know, pulled out a lot of stops. We saw a lot of sick and disgusting things. But in the end, you know, Mick Foley gets the win. And, of course, the stip was that Flair had to kiss his ass on live TV. And, of course, Flair's interpretation of kissing Mick Foley's ass was actually kicking Mick Foley's ass as Fortune comes down, and they all beat the living hell out of Mick Foley until EV 2.0 finally makes the save. So uh, interesting to say the least. And then Flair cuts a promo talking about this is how we kiss your ass. So I don't know. I think I think the best point of that, like the best part of the night, was probably Mickey James's debut. But I wasn't a fan of how they showed her backstage before she came out. That kind of ruined it, but to but to like see her in TNA, she she looks in great shape, and I do expect her to be 
flirting with the world, uh, sorry, with the women's title very soon. I would love to see WWE give Gail Kim the uh, give Gail Kim the Divas belt, so she can beat Mickey James to be the first woman to hold the Divas women's and, and Tina Tina knockout belt. See, I hope that does, <laughs> I, I hope I hope that doesn't happen because Natty Nightheart is next in line here, and I would be pretty pissed if they screw her over just to put Gail Kim over just to beat Mickey James to the punch. Yeah, yeah, not. Natty deserved it, but it would be pretty funny just to see WWE go, up yours, TNA, we're going to beat you. Yeah, but see, at uh, this point, they couldn't do that. They'd have to build Gail up because she's been nobody for the longest time there. I mean, the worst move Gail did was make the comeback to WWE because they've done nothing with her. Yeah, she she was kind of unlucky by when she returned. At that time, the Divas just became eye candy. So... Just quite unfortunate. What was went down on Live Impact? My 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 mind's gone blank. The twenty man over the bow, top of the bow. Well, before we get to I that, know. I mean, the start of the show to me was horrible. Oh, what um, Dixie Carter getting, getting kidnapped by Abyss? Yeah, Dixie Carter getting kidnapped by Abyss. I I, I tell you what, I, I mean, honestly, Dixie, I know that I'm not running a company and and I don't have any. Um, well, that's not that's not entirely true. I am running a company. I'm running a radio network, but I can act. I mean, uh, you know, someone who's on TV every week and is a prominent figure for that company and is taking place in angles, she needs to learn how to act because her version of crying seemed like she was hysterically laughing at, at several points during her abduction by Abyss. I, I mean, to go out there and put her on camera, you obviously feel like you have confidence in her. But since she's calling the shot, well, then, you know... Obviously, she can make that you know those those rules, but she is not someone who needs to be in front of a camera acting. If she wants to come out and make a statement and say, "Yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen." Fine. Don't get her where she's acting in fucking angles because it doesn't work. She's not an actress. She's horrible, and she completely destroyed that segment. Yeah, it kind of had a feel, kind of a back to back to WWE where they have like like the like the owner being a character on air. You don't need it. And like you said, her acting was a bit a, a bit poor. But this whole abyss, who who is they? There's like, love here each week. There's so many people who they could be. It'd be quite interesting to see this Sunday who actually they are. Okay, they they are you, you, you and Trey. But who are they? Well, it's funny that you bring this up. It's funny you bring this up because I I actually I have a theory on what's going to happen with the they the they angle. <clears throat> okay. It kind of goes as follows. I mean, we had this epic two-hour interview with Kurt Angle on Wrestling News Live this past week. For those of you who might have missed it, maybe living under a rock or didn't know what was going on, definitely check the archive out for Wrestling News Live. But in this epic two-hour interview with Kurt Angle, at one point he says that they're looking at bringing the main event mafia back. Now, we've got all this shit going down. We want to know who they are. We've got stuff going on with Sting and Nash and Jarrett. And Bischoff, it just seems to me that they are going to end up being collectively Kevin Nash, Sting, Eric Bischoff, and more to the point, there's going to be some screw job finish in the match in the main event championship for the for, excuse me for the uh, for the world heavyweight championship in the main event, and Kurt Angle is going to end up being the fucking leader of this new incarnation of the main event mafia or whatever they call it. Yeah, I know. I I did a report the other day saying that uh, TNA want a group 
a bit similar to the NWO right now. So they could be about the Mayor Mafia. But as long as like guys like Kevin Nash don't get in the ring and are just there to kick ass and like be the backup, I'm fine with it. Angle can still work. Guys like Booker T can still work if he comes back. So it, it depending on the booking of those guys, this the new version of the Mayor Mafia could be a quite good success within TNA. Well, let me let me just put it this way. I mean, regardless of whether it's Angle, I mean that that's a possibility. Although he did say in the interview that right now they need him to be the face. They need him to really step it up because there's too many heels involved. So with him telling us that on the interview, I don't really necessarily want to see Angle turn heel and and kind of lead this group. I would almost think we'd be better off seeing a guy like Anderson uh, being the forefront of that group because Anderson, I think, is a much better heel than he is a face. And then you could have guys like Jeff Hardy and Kurt Angle as your top baby faces. And I still say they need to do something, and I, I brought this up to Kurt Angle as well, and he agreed that AJ Styles should absolutely be the biggest face in that company. So at some point down the road, I'm ready to see Kazarian and the rest of Forston oust AJ Styles because I think that's what that company needs more than anything is AJ Styles back as the uh, the main face in that company. But honestly, whether it's Angle or Anderson, one of those two has to, you know, would have to be the the forefront of this new main event mafia group that they're probably going to have. I mean, there's been rumors circulating around that they're looking at having some NWO type faction uh, mm-hmm. in TNA, and of course that's that's kind of where I got the idea from Kurt Angle that. You know, they were talking about bringing up back the main event mafia. Now he didn't confirm anything, but with him making those comments, it kind of leads me to believe that maybe that's the angle that they're going with. You know, as far as his stipulation that if he loses, he'd have to retire. If he was screwed over, then obviously he wouldn't want to retire. He'd want to get his vengeance. So he can sit there and say, "Yeah, if I don't, if I don't win, I'm going to retire." But if you get screwed over by by the head guy Eric Bischoff or you know anybody else in that particular match then I would think that him saying, oh, I'm going to retire, would completely nullify that. Well, yeah, like, have, 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 him, get, have him get screwed over by Bischoff, and have Dick, Dick, Dick Sartre go, well, I'm the owner of this company, he's rehired. And then, don't, don't you, you already have a good and bad side, you, you have Bischoff starting with the new faction, and you have Dick Carter being the, being the face which he's meant to be, teaming with the heroes within, within TNA. Like, the, the quote-unquote TNA frontline, once again, would, would sound, wouldn't it? Mm. Well, now, Trey is in the chat, and he says, if Anderson pins Hardy to win, then Angle can say he wasn't pinned and didn't lose. You're right, but that's not the point, Trey. He said if he does not win the match, he is going to retire. Mm-hmm. So if even if he doesn't get pinned, he still loses the match by not winning the championship. So that that's still in effect. Yeah. The only way that I could see him reneging on that is if, in fact, he lost you know, via some, some means by some outside party. I mean, I just... I don't really think that would work any other way. So either Anderson yeah, is, or, excuse me, either Angle is going to win the title and possibly turn heel, or one of the other two guys is going to win that title, and Angle is going to have to be forced into reneging on on what he said he was going to do. I mean, with Angle winning the one hundred thousand dollar battle royal, which we didn't we didn't cover, but in that particular thing, Angle and Anderson were the last two. Of course, Angle hits the Angle Slam and takes. Uh, Anderson out of the ring to win $100,000. So with him going straight through that, 
gives him a lot of momentum and in going into Bound for Glory. I think it would be a waste at this point to have him not only win the Battle Royal, but also win the championship at Bound for Glory. So I, I'm really, I'm really wondering where this is going to go. I mean, I'm looking forward to tuning in on Sunday. I know there are people out there that are just bitching about how it's going to be an atrocity on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be an atrocity. I think it's going to be a good show. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm really confused as to which way they're going to go. They really have me stumped. I'll say that about TNA right now. I'm very stumped. Well, you know, whoever it's going to be, fans will shit on it. If it's someone out of the blue, like, I know, just to say, I know, Goldberg, for example, just random name, people will say he's too old. If they pick someone within TNA, like Bischoff, people will say it's rubbish because they can't think of an idea. So, whatever way it goes, there'll be that 10% of the wrestling fans will hate it, no, no matter what. So, I, I hope a wrestling fan that, that, that TNA do do something amazing. Because this ten 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 they've built this is the one period that they've built of built up really well. So as a fan, I'm hoping that it's a really fun angle and of course I won't be able, I won't be able to watch it live, but I'll be able to listen to the archive of Sunday Night Showdown on Monday morning. So who knows? It, sh- it should be a fun night. I think so. Is there anything else major going on in the news? Uh not that I can really think of. Um I did get a chance to speak to one Gregory Helms uh, on Thursday night, which was last night. Um, like I didn't really ask him like too many questions because I had about five minutes. Like so, I didn't really want to cross the line. He uh, he spoke about the uh, the the youth movement within WWE, saying he thinks that the youth movement is happening a bit too fast. Saying they're pushing guys like a bit too quickly onto TV, and fans are going are tuning in, going, "Hmm, who's this?" And that. T- and that while TNA aren't pushing youth people, they are pushing old guys, the old guys can still draw. So, yeah, there's no real big news apart from that, to be honest. Well, you know, as far as him talking about the youth movement is happening fast, I mean, it has to because the WWE wasted so much time over the last five or six years only pushing John Cena to the moon. And in doing so, you neglected everybody else. So now that you've got guys like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker and Kane even um, possibly going to step down soon, I mean, you got a changing of the guard. So really, when you think about it, the WWE's got to make better strides next time to build more than just one guy. I mean, John Cena has carried this company on his back, or at least that's what they've tried to make him do. They have put him the focal point, and even Angle brought up that every time he sees an uh, advertisement for the WWE – you're watching the USA Network. You get 20 different commercials in an hour about John Cena on Raw. You know, he's in all the publications, on the covers mostly. It's all about John Cena. And they've got to stop doing that. I mean, now they've got The Miz coming up. You know, Sheamus is is becoming a big deal. And I wanted to talk about this really quickly because there was a lot of butt hurt. We didn't get a chance to talk about this on Monday night. There's a lot of butt hurt by a lot of the Internet wrestling fans right now that are upset about Sheamus beating the living shit out of Daniel Bryan. You know, I I mean, seriously, Daniel Bryan has been booked as an underdog since day one when he was competing in NXT. He lost every match that he was in until he won the one match on Raw. Since he's been on WWE programming on Monday Night Raw, yeah, he's the United States champion, and people are like, whoa, you just killed your United States championship. Okay, again, it's a prop. It's there to help elevate someone to the next level. Go back and watch that match on Monday night and tell me that Daniel Bryan looked weak. He got jumped before the bell, and Sheamus took advantage of the situation. 
and it made Sheamus look like a bona fide badass. And Daniel Bryan couldn't come back from the fact that he was caught off guard. Now, had Daniel Bryan, had the bell rang and those two would have started the match, Daniel Bryan would have had offense, he would have had defense, and it would have been a much well-rounded match. But the point of the, of the whole squash was to put Sheamus over and make him look like he was pissed off because he, he didn't win the WWE Championship at Hell in a Cell. So I don't understand why people continue to bitch about why Daniel Bryan lost that match and was made a jobber. Even Charlie Haas is fucking talking yeah. about it. Yeah, I was about to say, I've got the quote from him. He goes, WWE creative is a joke. Way to kill off Daniel Bryan. A young, a young, bright star. A young, bright star. Michael Hayes must have built this shit. Um, they, they have great talent within WWE, but have no idea how to use it. Uh, when, when the Monday Night Wars were going on, everyone had, um, on the roster had a storyline from Crash to Stone Cold. Look at Ring of Honor. The, the, the roster has storylines and is used. Not, uh, not biased, but being a fact. Every wrestler is unique. Bring something else to the table. This is what makes a business, bait, uh, business great. Right now, WWE is, is not doing that. So, he's okay. joining the, most of the wrestling fans and being neg- negative towards that angle. Well, okay, like, like I said, here's the thing. Now, granted, I would have preferred it would have been somebody else other than Daniel Bryan that got squashed that way. But I can understand from a business standpoint why they did it. They wanted to do it to the next highest guy on the totem pole who was a champion. And they wanted to see Sheamus go out there and show a little bit of you know aggressiveness toward a, toward a guy. I mean, Sheamus is what I've said all along. He is a throwback to an old-style heel. He's a bully to the, to the smaller guys. And when it comes to guys like Orton and, and you know John Cena, he kind of cowers a little bit and backs off from them. The fact of the matter is he was still pissed that he, he became within an eyelash of becoming the WWE champion at Hell in the Cell. So obviously he was pissed off. And he was aggressive as hell in that yeah. match in the Hell in the Cell. Yeah, I fully expect Seamus to be flirting with the WWE title very soon. And I also fully expect Way Bout to win the title from uh sorry, to win the title from Orton at um Mites next pay per view. So they have a like a British war, and when they bring it over here to England next month, they will have a great main event of England versus Ireland, and of course that will that will put buttons uh, over here on house shows and and TV tapings. So those those two guys will those two guys right now in in, in the WWE are probably along the Miz the the um biggest up, upcoming stars in 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 the company. Good point, but uh, I guess with that said, that's pretty much... Oh, we didn't cover Hogan. That was a major story. Oh, yeah, and yeah, Hogan had back surgery. Um, he, was, he, he, was, he was in intensive care. The, uh, the footage wouldn't it, was shown on impact. Um, he won't be able to do, to, to do much for about six weeks now. I guess we wish uh, Hogan the best in his recovery. It's, it sucks to see a legend like that in such a bad shape. And... As much as, as much as, as I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see him in the ring, we don't want any legends being injured. So, I guess for from everyone at Headlock and, and SNS, we wish Hogan the best in his recovery. Absolutely. You know, I, I remember five years ago, <clears throat> 2005, when Hogan made it to the Hall of Fame. I remember him talking about how all the other members of the Hall of Fame that year, he looked better than all of them. He was in better shape than guys like Paul Orndorff. You know. 
he had taken better care of himself than all those guys. You know, he wasn't overweight. He was still in shape. Still looked like a million bucks. Just five years later, Hogan's lost a little bit of size because he's had to have, you know, back surgeries, and he's lost inches. I mean, Hogan is in a bad way now. Maybe, maybe all that steroid use is finally starting to catch up with him. Yeah, and wrestling matches at his age will always take uh, yeah, out of you. So uh, maybe this will be a wake-up call to Hogan to, to, to finally retire for good. And whilst, and whilst Hogan can be an on-air on, on, on character, I, I don't mind about that. Just stay away from the ring because I think one more match might properly injure him. Like, like, and we, and no wrestler wants to be like properly injured, like broken leg, broken arm, broken arms, broken necks. So, yeah, maybe just maybe this wake up call. I agree. I, you know, I think this is this is the uh, the finality for Hulk Hogan. I don't think that at this point in time, when he does recuperate from this surgery. At no point ever should he ever step in the ring for anything. I mean, other than to maybe come out and cut a promo and be a, an authority figure, but Hogan should never, ever wrestle another match, and I hope that he doesn't. And I don't wish any ill will because, you know, growing up, I was one of the biggest Hulkamaniacs out there. You know, I used to say my prayers and eat my vitamins and, you know, look up to the Hulkster, brother. But uh, th- those days have passed, and I-, I wish Hogan the best in his recovery. It's kind of sad that, he will not officially be a part of Bound for Glory this weekend because obviously he's going to be in a lot of pain. If he does show up and it's a work, then you know, I'll, I'll say that you know, way way to go for working us there, Hulk. But I think it's legit, and uh, it just kind of sucks that the biggest pay per view for TNA, Bound for Glory, one that he has never been at. He was supposed to be at Bound for Glory what six years ago, back in two thousand and four, and that fell through. He ended up going to the WWE. Um, so. It's just kind of sad that their big WrestleMania pay-per-view of the year, he's not going to be there. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out this Sunday. And of course, if you're not going to buy the pay-per-view, or even if you do buy the pay-per-view, tune in right here to the SNS Radio Network as myself, Mark the Shark, DiCarlo, Harmony, Boom Boom, Sexay, and Internet Dave will be covering all the action live right here on the uh, SNS Radio Network. Hey man, that's all the news that I got for this week. I will return next week with more news. So, on that note, I will depart, JJ, so you can go to the break and then return with more gaming news. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of SmackDown versus Raw 2011. I'm going to take some phone calls. Don't have a lot of gaming news that I want to get to, but I do want to open up the phone lines and take calls from you guys and get your thoughts on SmackDown, SmackDown versus Raw 2011. And hell, if you want to talk a little TNA, we can do that too. But with that said, we're going to go to commercial break. Uh, Stay tuned for more Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network.
voice in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. An event so big, it only happens once a century. Welcome to TNA's signature event. Welcome to Bound for Glory. On October 10th, 2010, be a part of history when TNA Wrestling presents Bound for Glory, live from Daytona Beach, Florida. Speaking for everyone at TNA, we thank you for joining us on this special night. The athletes. It's real. It's here. The icons. This wild, this chaotic, this out of control situation. It's absolutely nuts. The immortals. What you gonna do now that TNA is coming for you? The biggest superstars in professional wrestling today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new era in TNA. Get ready for 10 times the adrenaline, 10 times the drama, 10 times the action. That was one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed in over 20 years I've been in this industry. That was sick. On October 10th, TNA Wrestling presents its showcase pay-per-view of the year, Sound for Glory, live from Daytona Beach, Florida. One night will change everything. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlocks2headlines.com. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? Dig it, sucker. Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, sucker?
his charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... JJ The most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. The superstars of SmackDown collide with the superstars of Raw in the one night of the year where only one rivalry matters. WWE bragging rights. SmackDown has the power, the finesse, the big red monster, and me, the largest athlete in the world. Raw has the size, the speed, the heart, the soul, and me, John Cena. Which brand will reign supreme? You're either Nexus or you're against us. WWE bragging rights, live Sunday, October 24th, only on pay-per-view. Canadian sun It's time for some wrestling So here it comes With a mountain full of brains Oh lord how can it be He starts analyzing As I look up He opens up his notes Baby not a sign of dust Just a sentence from his mouth And he is inspiring me it's time for JJ Sexy. It's time to turn it on. Oh, you know it's time to turn it on. He's always watching wrestling. Oh, yeah, he's got something on watching. Saying what's right and wrong. Oh, he's saying this is right and he's saying that's wrong. He knows a muscle buster from an inside DDT. That's why I listen to him when he is at the TV. And he's the only one who really gets the WWE. It's time for JJ Sexy. It's time for JJ Sexy.
All right, guys, we're back right here on Unplugged. And you'll never forget the name of JJ Sexy. Uh, I had to just pay a little tribute to my old friend David Stevens, formerly of uh, Unplugged back in the day when we used to cover NXT on that other network. And, well, even at the beginning of the year, David Stevens was with us for a little while. But uh, I want to always thank David for putting that little musical compilation, JJ Sexy, together. So. Thanks, Dave. I know you're listening, buddy. Talk to you soon. Uh, now it's time to kind of shift the focus a little bit and move into a little bit of video gaming. And I don't have a lot to talk about as far as just your run-of-the-mill video games. I specifically want to talk a little bit about um, SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Of course, I did the Causecast this past Tuesday night with Charles Shane. Uh some interesting new developments have, have come up. I mean, there's been a lot of reviews. A lot of the reviews are touting this as the best wrestling game around, which I can believe with all the features that they have pumped into this game. I can't see this game not doing well. You know, there's always going to be people out there that are bitching about this and that and that they didn't do this right or they didn't do that right. Well, I'm here to tell you that SmackDown versus Raw 2011 Looks like it is absolutely going to blow every wrestling game out of the water. They've improved so many tweaks from last year's version of the game. Story designer has been tweaked. I mean, one of the examples that was given by IGN's Greg Miller was that in story mode, you could put together a story with, say, The Undertaker, where he chokeslams Shawn Michaels through the ring, and you can actually have flames and, and fire coming out of the ring like he was chokeslammed to hell. So they've added new animations. Uh, now you can also, from what I understand, when you're making your stuff, you can actually take audio clips from the game, you know, such as commentary from JR and Michael Cole. If you didn't know, they are going to be the only commentary team in the game. So for every arena, for every event that there is commentary, it is strictly uh, Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. And the reason they did that was because when all the switches were going around uh, with the different rosters, the only two that were for sure were King and Michael Cole. And, and I think that works fine. You go back to the to the old days, like I said, and uh, Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler both called uh, Raw and SmackDown back in the day. So I don't see that as a problem. I know there's a lot of people out there bitching that there's only one commentary team, but hell, I think it works. I really do. I don't have a problem with that. But, yeah, you can actually take sound clips and pump them into your story mode now, which should make for a very interesting um, way to go about things. Also, I don't know if you heard, the universe mode is very expansive. So I do have a clip right here. This is Dan Ryan, and he's going to break down the WWE universe mode for you guys. What's up, everybody? This is uh, Dan Ryan. I'm a game designer on SmackDown vs. Raw 2011, and today I'm going to be telling you about a feature that we are all super pumped up about. It's called WWE Universe, and I cannot wait for you guys to get your hands on it in October. It is kind of like 
an exhibition plus. What we used to have one-off exhibition matches. Now these matches have consequences. The game's going to start keeping track of everything that the player does in ring. Not only if you won or lost, but you know maybe your actions in the match, or if maybe you're beating someone a lot, becoming a friend or an enemy. So the game's going to remember, and it's going to adjust the universe and tailor it around the player. We're kind of replicating this whole WWE world so that everything you do, everything the player does, the whole world is going to revolve around them. You'll notice immediately in the lower right-hand corner there is a logo for WWE Universe. You can move the right stick to either toggle it on or off, and you'll see this ticker on the bottom. It keeps you up to date as far as what's going on in your universe. The AI actually created all of these matches based on the player's actions prior to this. You'll see each week there's Raw, Superstars, SmackDown, and at the end of the month, Pay-Per-View. You can just pick a date, simulate everything that happens up to that date, so you can skip ahead as much as you want, play as much as you want. The universe is never-ending, always-changing, unique experience to the player. The next uh, section we're going to take a look at is My WWE. So this is kind of where the player has control over all aspects of the universe. It is very important for us what you guys think. We're constantly listening to your feedback. One thing that we always hear is more customization. You really want to take ownership of the WWE. You can either let the game kind of organically fill out or populate these area for you, or you can go whenever you want and toggle these things and, and change them however you like. So you can shape the universe however you want. We've added over a hundred cutscenes slash moments that happen during actual matches to really communicate that this world is being built around you and that you're affecting your WWE universe. We're going to be playing matches all the time and kind of new cool moments that you may or may not recognize from programming are going to happen. It's really going to feel like you are a WWE superstar. Hey, look who bought a ticket for this one! And in the front row, no less. All of us here are super pumped up about WWE Universe, and if you weren't sold already, we're going to leave you a whole collection of kick-ass moments, all these spontaneous things that happen in WWE Universe. The big thing to remember is WWE Universe is in SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. I cannot wait, we cannot wait for you to play it in October. And there you have it, uh, Dan Ryan basically breaking down WWE Universe, which I cannot wait to take the E-Fed to new heights in WWE Universe. I'm going to take out all the Raw and SmackDown superstars, insert all of the E-Fed, and see what kind of chaos ensues in universe mode. Uh, with that said, they also did release some new superstars this week. Uh, if you didn't know, Zack Ryder's entrance video and finisher uh, is now up as well. I do believe, who else was it that came out this week? Yoshitatsu as well, Goldust. As far as the legends are concerned, they've added some legends this week. Of course, we knew that they had Brett the Hitman Hart, who is going to be uh, an exclusive to Best Buy. But I also heard that he's, if you buy him, if you buy the copy of the game from anywhere in Canada... Not only will you get the special perks from GameStop or uh, Toys R Us, whatever that particular unlockable is, but you also get Bret Hart as well if you're in Canada. Uh, of course, the British Bulldog, Lex Luger, are going to be DLC, and I believe the DLC pack number two. But the other legends that were released this week, Terry Funk is making his return from uh, SmackDown vs. Raw. 2008, pretty much the same model they used in that video game. Jake the Snake Roberts making his return to the SmackDown vs. Raw 
series after he was in, I believe, SmackDown versus Raw 2006, and also uh, from Legends of WrestleMania last year, which it looks like his Legends of WrestleMania outfit. Also making the roster this year, as far as the Legends are concerned, Jimmy Superfly Snuka. So that will be interesting. There are two Legend spots yet to be revealed. I can confirm that Yokozuna is not one of those spots. I can confirm the Ultimate Warrior is not one of those spots. And I'm pretty sure that we can confirm that Randy Macho Man Savage is not one of those spots. So it's going to be interesting to see who ends up filling those two spots on the Legends roster in the very near future. I'm pumped. I'll be real honest. I mean, we've got a little over three weeks before this game drops Two days after bragging rights on Tuesday, October 26th, this game hits retail stores. And again, everything that they have mentioned, the universe mode, the newest feature that they just announced this past week, create a match. Yeah, you heard me, create a match. There's no new match types in the game, but create a match allows you to go in and edit the way you want matches. Like I believe some of the examples they threw out was uh, an Inferno Tables match or an Iron Man Inferno's match. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can kind of go in and and tweak and mess around with in this create a match. I think that Corey Ledesma was going around saying that there were a 100 different match type possibilities. So it's going to be interesting to see how that really plays out. With the inclusion of the new uh, create a move position from the turnbuckle, looks like the game has a lot more variety than uh, than previous iterations. So I'm looking forward to getting my hands on this game on October 26th. You should as well. So uh, with that said, I'm going to open up the phone lines right here on Unplugged, 501-588-7957. If you have a question, a concern, or you just kind of want to talk, definitely do that. Uh, if you want to send an email, Send the email to sundaynightshowdown at yahoo.ca and I will answer whatever question or read your email live on the air. We're going to wrap things up in a little over about 30 minutes from now. So uh, if you do want to be a part of the broadcast, you have something that you would like to talk about, whether it's uh, SmackDown from tonight, whether it was TNA Impact from last night, uh, or of course Bound for Glory this Sunday, definitely now is the time to do so. 501 588-7957 and I'll get to you momentarily with that said it looks like we do have a caller welcome to Unplugged who's this Hollywood Hollywood what's up buddy oh not much not much uh not much going on yeah I see you're talking about Smackdown I saw the video for that universe that looks really really cool I can't wait to get my hands on that I'm telling you man this game looks incredible uh, it does you said he looked really, really good at that. You know, I mean, I know Marcus Stevenson was posting all kinds of uh, links the other day. And uh, it's looking like he's got a bunch of different things, uh, you know, as far as reviews. In his Twitter, if you go to Marcus Stevenson's Twitter, he actually was posting a bunch of reviews for the game. So they have officially had a lot of reviews come out. And uh, everything that I have seen so far has been very positive. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. But uh, I'm stoked. I am pumped. I cannot wait. Yeah. I can't wait. But it's going to be a little for me to get the game, though. i got to wait. It's going to be about Christmas time for me. 
See, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I'm going to end up buying not only SmackDown versus Raw 2011, but if you haven't seen the preview for The Force Unleashed 2, oh my God, that game looks fantastic. Oh, I've seen a lot. I've seen a few trailers for that. Yeah, I want to get that game myself. That game looks sweet. And for those of you that didn't know, it looks like that October 12th is going to be the release date for the demo for The Force Unleashed 2. So keep your eyes open for the Force demo or the Force Unleashed 2 demo coming out October 12th. And then you got EA and May coming out, so if you're a big EA fan, so got that coming out. You know, I still haven't played the demo for that. I hear it's really good. I know Charles Shane was telling me that he liked the EA uh, MMA game a lot better than you know the uh, the THQ UFC game. Uh, I've yet to check it out, but it, I did I, download it. I like I have the, I have the new the 2010 one. I mean, it's better in some respects. I mean, it's I had a worse time giving a submission. I get into the hold and then I do the thing, and just every time it breaks, it's like okay. I mean, why can't I just use the same thing for like uh, SmackDown versus Raw, where you just click the thing and, you know, hold it down and whatever. That would be so much easier. I absolutely I mean, agree. That, you know, story, story mode's a little bit complicated. Too. I don't know. I'm, I, I, just, I guess it's a different team, so. You know, there's a lot of information. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably cover this next week on the show, but there's a lot of information coming out about some of the roster being revealed for the uh, Marvel versus Capcom 3, which comes out next year, which I'm super pumped. I mean, I don't know if you're a big oh, yeah. Street Fighter fan, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Street Fighter. I mean, do you want to know how big of a Street Fighter fan I am? I have Vega for my PS3 theme. I mean, that's how big of a Street Fighter fan I am. That's awesome. I remember back in the day, and I promise, one of these days in the very near future, I'm going to bring my best friend Dave on. Uh, He and I used to run Street Fighter tournaments. We'd play Street Fighter Alpha or, um, you know, just various incarnations of the Street Fighter games. We'd, We'd get together with... 10 or 11, 15 other people sometimes and throw tournaments once a month and, you know, put five bucks down and winner takes all. I mean, so we, we've had some real fun in the past uh, throwing down to some Street Fighter, but uh, I want to bring him on just because I think it would be an interesting dynamic to bring him aboard and share some of those stories. And, uh, you know, we went to high school together, so I guarantee you that guy could tell you stories about me that uh, <laughs> that would trip you guys out. Uh, I can't wait till, I cannot wait till Street Fighter versus Tekken. That's going to look great. Cause I'm a big Tekken fan. Well, you know, and the cool thing about that is both companies, Namco and Capcom, are making their own separate versions of the game. So the Namco version is going to look more like Tekken, and of course the Capcom version is going to look more like Street Fighter. So, I mean, you're going to have two different versions of the game to pick up, and I'll be honest, I'll probably pick up both of the damn things. Yeah, that's kind of like, that's what I wanted. Cause I, was, I hope they put all of it, like, you know, I always feel like a lot of extra stuff they have, like bowling, or they'll have customization features they have, like, with, you know, Tekken 5, and, like, different little mini-games and stuff like that, so I hope, you know, they do that with that game, too. You know, so you speak probably have the same thing, they have little mini-games, so it should be pretty, it should look really great. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, you know, uh, I, I'm just looking forward to putting uh, Zangief against King, because those are two of my favorite wrestler characters from video games. I can remember back in the day when Tekken 2 first hit arcades. I used to work in an arcade back in 1996 when that game first came out. 95, I guess, 96 when that game came out. And I had so much fun just, you know, going into the arcade after hours 
and pumping in credits or on my off days taking the key and going in and learning how to play that. I used to be able to put all the combos together with King where I would just put you in that 10-hit combo where he'd hit the, the German suplex and the power bomb and all that other shit. Man, that was... I love that game. That game was was the best Tekken game to me. Tekken three was okay. I kind of felt like they they lost a little bit after Tekken two. I mean, the graphics got better, but the gameplay didn't. And uh, I kind of miss the original uh, couple Tekken games. My favorite Tekken game had to be Tekken five. I have not yet to play Tekken six yet. I still want to. I need to finally get that. And for me, the biggest game I ever got, the most game I ever got to make any good combos out of, was probably like uh, what was that game? Uh, uh, for the Super Nintendo, uh, uh, Killer Killer Instinct. That's it. Killer Instinct. That's when I really ever got like a lot of combos on. But Street Fighter is always just better just playing the you know doing the Hayuken and then kick a, kick a combo breaker. <laughs> I fucking love that game. Orchid was the shit, but my favorite was Jago. I I could I could totally fuck people up with Jago. Um, I liked playing as uh, Fulgore, the cyborg. Oh, yeah. And Glacius. I fucking love just. I would love them to do more combo games like that. I'd love to I even see, you know, like a King of Fighters versus, you know, like a, sam, that, a Samurai uh, Sword or I can't remember that. Samurai Showdown? Yeah. Yeah, Samurai Showdown was the shit, too. Like that. Yeah, there was, there was so they many games, man. Like so many games back in the day uh, when I worked at the arcade. I know exactly what you're talking about. I guess it should give it wrestling. I am interested to see what they're going to do with TNA on Saturday. I mean, I'm coming on Oofman, so. Yeah. I really hope, I mean, this is not going to happen. I know for a fact this probably won't happen. But I would love to see the biggest swerve in wrestling if Paul Heyman just showed up on at Balfour Glory. I know it's not going to happen, but it would be a great swerve. Yeah, you know, I, I really think that if it, TNA with this they angle, unless they do anything short of bringing in one of the McMahon family, I don't know how this angle is going to play out. I don't think it's going to work. I really don't. Nah. Unless I could see get some big swerve that, you know, no one else knew about. You know, it's just something they just kept secret, but TV is not really good at keeping secrets. So. True. So is there That's anything... kind of one of their biggest downfalls. No, I would agree with that. So is there anything else you want to talk about, Mark? Nah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I can't wait for you know, some of the games to come out, so... So now I'll get back to the other calls, and I'll talk to you. I'll take y'all, talk to y'all later, and I'll see you, I'll be you there on Sunday. So. All right, Hollywood. I appreciate it, my brother. Yep. Later. I'll talk to you in a bit. Talk All right. So, so the phone lines, guys, are open. 501-588-7957. Uh, while I'm waiting for another call, I'm going to kind of look over the roster here of people who have not been uh, – Videos and stuff that have not been released for SmackDown versus Raw over at the roster page. Uh, Dashing Cody Rhodes has yet to be released as far as his actual entrance video and finish goes. Um, of course, we still have a few others. We have Hornswoggle and Paul Bearer as managers, non-playable characters. So a lot of Interesting things are going to break down from this particular roster reveal, which, again, will probably be on Tuesday of next week. They tend to release the rosters on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, with that said, let's go back to the phone lines, 
588-7957. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? What up, man? It's Trent Phoenix. Oh, man. What's going on tonight, dude? Not much. You know, this is actually a first, man. This is the first time I've called into this show sober, and I don't know when. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Yeah, so, I ran out of weed, though. So. Oh, man. What happens? You're actually out? Yeah, I literally, I, when I buy my weed, I normally buy, like, a, maybe, like, two to three pounds of it at a time, and I literally smoke two to three pounds of weed up. And so, so you're you're gonna be kind of dry till Monday then. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Well, shit happens. I can't help it. Yeah, I hear you, man. So, so what's on your mind tonight? Uh, about these video games, bro. You know, it's been a it's a big it's a big gaming year for me. Like all around gaming, like SmackDown versus Raw 2011. I'm seriously I'm that too because the creative match. Tired sounds so like I'm freaking amazing. I'm saying this stuff like Hell in a Cell ladder matches. Now that would be cool. A Hell in a Cell ladder match would be interesting. Maybe let's see. Well, that's about, let me see. That could be the other stuff potential, but no, I'm just saying ladder matches and cages, you know, possibly tables, Hell in a Cell matches, stuff like that, of that nature. Yeah, there's a bunch of other games coming out that I'm very interested in getting that. Like, I just recently, I just found out like 10 minutes ago that uh, Dev Jam Rap Star is out, and that's a pretty big game that's coming out is out now, and I'm really interested in picking it up. It's like this game where you have to like, like sing rap songs into like a microphone. It records them and uploads them to the EA server. You could pretty much battle with people all around the world. Oh my god! You know, you know what, man? I would fucking die to hear Crelly have a battle rap with somebody. Crelly said he he played the Euro game. He said he sang a uh, Public Enemies "Fight the Power." Oh my god! I, I I want I want audio of that, Crelly. I know you're listening. I want audio of "Fight the Power." Wow. I would love to. I would love to see him do a battle rap with somebody. That that would be epic. Crelly versus Walkie, battle rap. That's money, right there. God help us all. <laughs> that is money, but God help us. I don't know what would be worse: Crelly Walkie battle rap or Justin Bieber singing the uh, national anthem at WrestleMania twenty-seven. If Justin Bieber sings the national anthem at WrestleMania twenty-seven. I seriously am not going to watch WrestleMania that, this year. I I will honestly protest. Because if the WWE getting that desperate to please the kids, that they're willing to hire that faggot to sing, at the, sing the national anthem. <laughs> hey, man, it's a way to bring in kids, I mean, man. But what I'm saying is I'm going to make the same point that I've always made with this pleasing the kids. It's good to target kids, you know what, not all that stuff. But how can they just forget about us classic wrestling fans? Like, they have grown up watching this stuff in the 90s. I'm talking about like us men, us teenagers that grew watching this. And now we're watching this now, and this watered-down version, it's making me, it literally makes me sick to my stomach to see the stuff that goes on in WWE and TNA, too. 
Like this Jersey Shore thing last uh, on Impact Thursday. That was the most sickening thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree, man. That Jersey Shore shit was bad. I don't know what they were thinking with trying to do a parody of Jersey Shore. It, you know, I don't watch Jersey Shore to begin with, but the fact that you're going to put down some stupid parody with these people, and, and I'll give them credit. They played the roles just perfectly. But at the end of the day, was it something that we needed to see on Impact? Do we need the Shore on Impact? We've got enough crazy shit happening on that show. Do we really need something else that, that looks like it was booked into a clusterfuck? No, we don't. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's the last of uh, Cookie and whatever the fuck the other guy's name is on TNA. Bobby. I think that's 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 pretty much done. From what I understand, even, uh, what was it, backstage, uh, Jeremy Borash was, was telling them to cut. They had to cut that angle short because people were just really up in arms over it and thought it was horrible. I mean, people were bored out of their skull with it. So uh, I think that we can safely say the Shore won't be back on TNA Wrestling. And if they are, I don't know why. But the Shore is gone. Thank God. Yeah, I think the Tide finally caught up with the Shore and took him out to the sea. I'm laughing at what Shark said in the chat room. He said, Crowley, Falky, and Diva are the modern-day new kids on the block. Actually, they would be more like the modern-day three-count. I'm sure we could book Tank Abbott to walk out with him. What in the world ever happened to those guys? Which guys? Uh, well, what happened to new kids on the block and uh, that, that boy band group that was in WCW? Uh, well, interestingly enough, Hurricane Helms was just on Funtime Shelly. He was a member of Three Count. Uh, Shannon Moore, who now wrestles as one half of Ink Inc., was also in the group, but the only guy that's missing from three count that really hasn't had a career outside of uh, 2001 was Evan Courageous. I still don't know. I think he's on the back of a milk carton somewhere. I haven't heard that name in a long time either. None of that to think about it. Prime time, Evan Courageous. Courageous. Yeah, he disappeared pretty quick. He was supposed to be. Uh, he was supposed to be a big deal back in 2001, 2000. And he fizzled. I, I was always a big fan, though, of Sugar Shane Helms, especially when he broke up with them and started using the vertebraker and was doing his own thing. And then he just went from that to being the Hurricane, and that's pretty much it. And then poor Shannon Shannon Moore went on to being Matt Hardy's number one MF-er to being part of a tag team in TNA called Ink Inc. So there you go. And Tank Abbott is at a bar somewhere right now. I don't know. Tank Abbott, like, what did he book to win the WCW championship at one point? I think that was a rumor going around, but uh, no, I don't think he was ever anywhere near contention for that title. Well, uh, that's pretty much all for me tonight, man, because I really don't have anything to talk about when I'm sober. I hear you, man. I'm, I'm finding it uh, increasingly harder to talk about anything tonight myself, so I might take a few calls and I might wrap the show early tonight since, uh, since the wife is back in town. I want to spend a little time with my wife, so... Uh, I appreciate the call in tonight, Mage. Time with your wife, That's right, dude. Time to spend some time with the wifey. All right, man. <laughs> All right, Mage. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. All right. So, guys, I'll take a few more calls right here on Unplugged, 501-588-7957, before we kind of wrap things up on the program tonight. Uh, and if you have emails, definitely send those to Sunday Night Showdown at yahoo.ca. And I'll get to you here momentarily. 
But let's go back to the phone lines. I do believe we have a call coming in to Unplugged. Welcome to the show. Who's this? What's up, JJ? This is the Sensational Sean. What up, dude? Uh, back from his... Uh, well, I just got back, actually, uh, a couple hours ago from a trip, a three-day trip for work. So I thought I'd jump on, listen to a little bit Unplugged, play some Dead Rising 2, and catch up on stuff that I haven't had a chance to catch up on since I've had no internet connection whatsoever in the mountains of North Carolina. Nice. You haven't missed much, man. Uh, so I've heard. I didn't get a chance to watch TNA Impact, which I wasn't happy about because I heard that Mickey James apparently debuted last night. Um, and she looked great. I think Mickey looks in the best shape of her life, but my God, was she uh, very high on herself. Uh, it happens when you come from WWE, I guess. Um, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, when you come from WWE and you go to TNA, it's like you have this ego, this major ego, and I guess she uh, she feels that she's a little bit more than what she really is. You know, I don't know if it's just her playing a character, this this new Mickey James that's that's coming into TNA or or what. But you know, most people probably know that she got her start in TNA wrestling as Alexis Lurie and left yep. the company to pursue other options and became Mickey James in the WWE. Now, I don't know. She came across very, very egotistical. I mean, I liked where she was going with it. It showed that she had confidence. Um, but to come out and say that, you know, once she wins that title, she'll be the uh, the most dominant woman in, uh, you know, female, well, in, in wrestling. She'll have won all the championships, all the major championships in pro wrestling, which I find interesting for her to make that comment. I mean, it's true. If she does win that knockouts title, she can be one of only, um, well, a couple people to say that, you know, hey, she'd be the first to say she's won all three of those titles. Unless Gail Kim, of course, as Crelly had alluded, comes in and uh, beats whoever is the Divas champion on WWE to become uh, become the first one to do that. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, I, I just felt like she came across just like, I'm the greatest thing TNA's ever seen. Uh, she didn't seem like she was very humble to be back where she started. And, and maybe that's just a gimmick. Maybe I'm just looking over uh, a little bit too much into that. But yeah, she seemed just a little bit too high on herself in her debut. Hmm. I'll have to check it out because I'm really curious to see how it went. Um, cause I really did want to see it. Cause when I heard about that, I was really curious since it was not a taped event. It was the live impact for this month, I guess. So I'll have to check it out. Uh, when I, when it either replays or find a copy of it online at some point. Um, there was something I want to talk about SmackDown versus raw wise. Um, when I heard about the creator match, I mean, I was ecstatic as, as you know, I, I posted that big thing on Facebook I sent the link to you and a few other people. I mean, I was ecstatic about it. And um, since I've been hearing more about more about it, I'm really getting into this with the fact that this really appeases my my booking side, I guess. I mean, I've been wanting to do a lot of booking stuff recently, and this is going to appease that a lot because I actually get to go out and create these different kinds of matches. A, uh, a Inferno Tables match, which sounds... Kind of different. Never really heard of anything like that before. Or the Inferno Iron Man match or the Hell in a Cell Inferno Iron Man match itself. Um, there's a lot of really good ways you can do this. And I mean, I want to really test this out to the boundaries that it can go 
without killing the game itself because, I mean, with all the information that's coming out, this is sounding like probably, as I think you alluded to earlier, when, the, when somebody said that it was the greatest SmackDown vs. Raw out there. And I really hope that this is true. Well, it looks like it's it's poised to take the place of, you know, the number one wrestling game of all time. I mean, I know that I, I actually saw a video posted over at the cause.ws website today talking about uh, talking about SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, and the stuff that you could do in that game. <clears throat> and there was a video where, where these two guys had basically put together a tag team where they were doing um, all kinds of crazy table spots and stuff, and... Um, you did have a lot more freedom back then, but when you look at the graphic quality compared to, uh, say, 2003, 2004 to, to current, I mean, it blows it out of the water. And I would rather have some of those elements, those unrealistic elements, taken out of the game um, to kind of make things a little more realistic. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if people want to go back and play Here Comes the Pain and uh, you know relive some of that stuff, then you know you have the game. Go back and do so. But when you think about the current direction of the product, it's going PG again. Obviously, they don't want you doing crazy stuff. You know, blood is even an option that's going to be uh, turned off in the game. You have to go back in and turn it on. So by default, it will be off. I mean, we should be lucky that blood is even in the game this year. I mean, next year, who knows? With with Linda's Senate run coming to a very uh, close close here within the next month or two, it's going to be interesting to see how things change after uh, Linda McMahon has, has run or either won the Senate race or lost, where they're going to go from this point. But I'm just glad to still have blood in the video game, to be honest. Yeah, really. I mean, with the fact that all, all that's going through the WWE with no blood, with no color itself, except for it's in, if it's in the mouth or it's coming from the nose, they'll kind of wipe it away and won't show that much on TV. I mean, we've been seeing that a lot evident lately. With a lot of wrestlers, they've been bleeding from the mouth. And, I mean, you can see the blood in their mouth, and people point it out. But, I mean, you can't really do nothing about that until you get to the back. And I'm really happy to see that blood is still in the game. And, in all honesty, I'm really curious to see what happens with WWE itself, um, booking, storyline, whatever-wise, when, if Linda loses. Are they going to kind of switch a little bit and go back to a PG thirteen ish way? Have a little bit more, have a little blood here and there on the shows. Or are they going to stay PG and G and try to keep it as kid friendly as possible? I mean, there's really no telling what's going to happen. What's going to what's going to click in Vince's head once? Okay, Linda lost. Okay, let's go do this now. I mean, he he really seems like he's jumping from one side to the other a lot recently with a lot of the stuff that they've been showing on TV going from G to PG 13, all of a sudden going back to G going a little bit over PG going back to G. I mean, it's kind of, he's jumping a lot of areas here, kind of testing the waters. It seems. Well, you know, the one thing I can say, I honestly don't think that regardless of whether she wins or loses the primary or the election, I, I really don't think they're going to move out of this PG era. I really think they're going to stick with this for a while and bring back some family entertainment. I mean, right now, you know, they are getting the young kids. And that's, that's, that's an important market to, to kind of to, to reach to. They've got all kinds of sponsorship money coming in. So I think it would be a mistake to go back to, you know, being the Attitude Era. I know there's so many wrestling fans 
that missed the Attitude Era. But as a father and a parent myself, I mean, I wouldn't let my kids watch that. So I think you would really shrink down your demographic. I mean, right now they're catering to the people that grew up during the Attitude Era and now have kids of their own, and they've they've recycled back to a PG era, which i got to be honest, it's brilliant. I mean, yeah, it's it's history repeating itself, and I don't want to see it switch. Honestly, I don't want to see it switch from a PG go straight to back to the Attitude Area. I kind of want to see it the fort with the lines a little bit. I mean, I can understand some of the stuff they do, but I kind of would like to see if somebody gets busted open the hard way, let them bleed a little bit. Don't, I mean, wipe it away if it gets really bad. Don't just wipe it away if it's like a little cut that's just coming down, little drips here and there. If it's if it's to the crimson mask, I want to I want you to wipe that away, let the match continue, and then we'll, we'll we'll continue on. But if it's a little cut, leave it, let it go. I mean, it's flirting with PG thirteen, and that's what I want. I don't want to just stay in the G PG area. I kind of want to flirt with those PG thirteen lines to see how we can how we can go about this. I mean, because stopping the matches, yeah, it sucks, but. Sometimes it has to has to go. I mean, thinking about it, looking back at ECW when it came back to Sci-Fi, Hardcore Holly and Rob Van Dam. I mean, the suplex that Hardcore Holly did to Rob Van Dam, slicing his back open. I mean, I definitely commend and applaud Hardcore Holly for continuing. But I really think the ref at that point should have said, "You know what? You're really cut." Let's get you out of here and stitch that up. I mean, that was really PG thirteen ish there, and it was really on the border of you. Kind of went over the line here with this one. Can we scoot back a little bit and stay with blood on the face a little bit, and not get with the the gash? Let's just cut this now, and we'll be done. I mean, I want to stay with blood on the face. I want to stay away from the spots that can possibly injure them to the point where they're really going to gash themselves open too much. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm making much sense here with this. No, but. no, I, I totally understand where you're going. And, you know, to, to exemplify the point you're, you're speaking of, you know, going into this PG era where they, they don't want to see a lot of blood and they don't want to see a lot of, uh, a lot of things like that, they're going to have to alter their pay-per-view schedule once again because, you know, you've got Elimination Chamber, which is supposed to be a match that's going to make you bleed. You know, if you're in a cage match and you don't bleed, you're not doing something right. I'm sorry. That is the purpose of a cage. It's supposed to be the most brutal match that you can have between two people. We're using the cage as a weapon. And it's usually the end of a feud. But you've got no way out. They usually have, or excuse me, elimination chambers, what they're calling it now. Again, you don't need that match if you're going to have a PG product where you're going to have nobody bleeding. I mean, they handled it this last year, but, I mean, you seriously need to take it out, especially now you've got TLC coming up in December that you just changed last year. Why they keep changing the names of these stupid gimmick pay-per-views, especially ones where you're liable to get your head cut open or, you know, something with, with tables, ladders, and chairs. I mean, give me a break here. I mean, if you're going to change stuff, then, like I said before on Wrestling News Live, I don't think that WWE needs to be worrying about putting out more than uh, 10 pay-per-views a year. You don't need the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in February. You don't need the TLC or whatever December pay-per-view you have 
because you honestly need the build going in from Survivor Series to the Rumble. That's an extended period of time that you should take to build programs leading into the Royal Rumble. You should have title matches uh, happening at the Royal Rumble. You should have, obviously, uh, your Royal Rumble match going into that, and there should be build-up to that. Going into WrestleMania, you don't need that pay-per-view in February. That's that's really, Road to WrestleMania is all about whoever wins that Rumble going on and having their moment at WrestleMania. So when you have a match like Elimination Chamber, it really throws a, a halt in this long push toward WrestleMania. And I've always thought that was stupid from a, from a booking standpoint. Uh, now would be the time to get rid of these two pay-per-views that obviously, if worked correctly, should you know have your most of your talent covered in crimson. I mean, get rid of them. You don't need them anyway. I just, if you're going to stick with the PG, then do it all the way. Don't continue to book these stupid matches where somebody's liable to get cut and then you've got to stop the match. I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I completely agree with the fact they need to take away the, uh, the two bad reviews. I mean, if the way you look at it, they should possibly take away with those and then do a three-hour Raw or, and a three-hour SmackDown to kind of cover for that on on the dates afterwards. I mean, do a live Raw and then do the live SmackDown on Friday, and you can cover it really well with the fact that you can go out there and get yourself ready for Royal Rumble coming up after Survivor Series. So, I mean, if WWE wants to really think about it and go for it, they need to get rid of two pay-per-views and then just continue on. Um, but, of course, we're not with WWE, and the possibility that they're listening is a little low, but here's hoping that they're listening because they need to go for it. Well, don't kid yourself, Sean. They listen to a lot of the shows on this network, so I'm not too concerned about that. But whether they'll take into effect... What we're saying, probably not. I mean, we're not yeah. on the creative team, but, uh, I mean, that's the way it goes. So is there anything else you have, Sean, before we kind of wrap things up here tonight? There is one thing. Um, I don't know if you have the chance to see the new Chris Jericho DVD that came out, uh, Breaking the Code uh, with Chris Jericho. I mean, um, it's, his, it's his biography DVD that came out, I believe, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Have you had a chance to see that yet? I have not. Uh, someone actually had given me a burned copy but uh, Mark the Shark DiCarlo took it because the burn copy he was supposed to get didn't work. So I have not yet had a chance to to uh, to watch it. And as far as burn copies go, I think I've bought enough WWE pay-per-views to be entitled to do that. So uh, not too concerned. Well, if you own one, JJ, to be honest, I would own this one. I mean, this ended up being one of my favorite WWE DVDs to come out in recent years. I mean... I bought the Shawn Michaels DVD when it came out. I bought the Ric Flair DVD. I bought the Stone Cold Steve Austin. I bought the Rey Mysterio. Out of all of those to come out and pretty much any pay-per-view, the Chris Jericho DVD has by far been my favorite. And I um, I finished the biography section this afternoon on the way back, and I was just floored by a lot of the information they had in there back from his days in Mexico and Japan to his days in ECW, WCW, to WWF, slash E. Um, they just packed in a lot of information about different things, and I was really amazed by the match selections, um, what they all talked about, um, just everything, period, in the whole DVD set was just probably one of the greatest. I mean, Chris Jericho is among the top of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I mean, he's been around for a long time. 
and he's definitely one of the best out there. And this DVD definitely shows you why. Um, if you get a chance, I definitely think this is a definite buy, period, because it is just so good about how they go through this entire. I mean, he's he's hilarious in some points, but he gets serious when he needs to get serious. He talks about Fozzie. He talks about leaving the WWE. Um, talks about how he wants to go out. I mean, Chris Jericho has definitely earned a new level of respect from me for this DVD alone. Um, I will check it out for sure. It's on my list. Chris Jericho is one of my favorite talents, so uh, it's probably going to be a purchase for me some sometime down the road, but I do look forward to catching it. Uh, before I let you go, Sean, I just want to give everybody a quick um, update on what's going on with the eFed. I was originally going to have an episode out this week, but um, and, and I don't want to really bring this up too much, and I don't want to discuss details, but Due to the departures of several people from the EFED and really from even having any, anything to do with this network, uh, it's kind of put me in a booking hole at the moment. So I'm trying to recoup and figure out how to rework some of the storylines. So nothing's coming out this week. I'll try to have something up for next week. And then after that, we probably won't do another um, E-Fed thing until after the SmackDown versus Raw 2011 game comes out so I can start converting stuff over to that game. But for right now, I've been kind of left in a bad spot. And so I'm having to figure out what to do with things. So because of the departures of several talents from the E-Fed, I am forced to rework storylines and get some other stuff going on. So I apologize for the delay, guys, but uh, I will have it up as soon as I can and Everything will be back on track from this point on. Well, I think me from me, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of a lot of the guys that are involved in, with EFED who watch it, we're pretty much all the same. Take your time, man. You do a lot for this this network. You are basically the network as is. You do the EFED. I mean, take your time, man. Go out there, hang out with your wife. I mean, I know Harmony loves spending time with you. So, I mean, just go enjoy life itself. I do, my brother, I do. But uh, on that note, I think it's time we kind of wrap this thing up, put it to bed. Uh, any last words, Sean? Um, I'm glad to be back in North Carolina. Um, I'm <laughs> glad to have you still on the network, and I'm glad to have this great network to be able to listen to great shows. And to Trey and JJ, congratulations on 15 years of probably one of the greatest wrestling radio shows out there. Um, hopefully at some point I will get back into listening to it on Monday nights, but for now I stick with the archive. I want to thank you both for the great shows. Oh, I do have one major announcement that I, I meant to bring this up earlier on the show, but we may as well close out with it. After the colossal two hour epic interview that we just had with Kurt Angle, um, that's getting rave reviews and I know Angle is on the media tour right now. Uh, literally, I know of two or three other interviews he's done this week that are getting uh, getting a lot of press. Out of all those interviews, we're talking 15 to 20 minutes. We got two hours out of Kurt Angle. Who else can say that right now? I mean, that's got to tell you something. That's got to speak volumes that all these other shows are getting 15 to 20 minutes. And we got two hours. Just Definitely. saying. That's that's a pretty big thing. But off the heels of this Kurt Angle interview, and make no mistake about it, 
uh, WNL is not going to become the show that's all about interviews. I mean, me and Trey do what we do. We entertain you guys. We don't need guests to have fun on that show and bring in listeners. But here's the thing. We do have some interviews lined up, and uh, I have one lined up. And I think it's going to take place on Monday. I'm not sure if it's going to be. Obviously, if it happens on Monday, we could stretch it into Wrestling News Live this week. If not, maybe it'll be uh, used as its own entity. Maybe I'll release this interview over the week. I'm not really sure how we're going to do this. But I spoke to Mean Gene Okerlund just this past week. And we are in the process of setting up an interview. He told me to give him a call back on Monday, this Monday, to set something up. We'd either record the interview on Monday or Tuesday. So I will be speaking to one of my idols in this business, one of the classic, iconic characters in all of professional wrestling from his time in the AWA to his time in the WWF and to his time in WCW. Um, I will be speaking with Mean Gene Okerlund uh, and we will have that interview for you right here on the SNS Radio Network. So Gene is one of my idols, and I am looking forward to bringing you guys that interview right here on the SNS Radio Network. Definitely sounds good, JJ. Can't wait to hear it. So with that said, guys, I've left you with some pretty high notes to look forward to the next week. Don't forget to tune in this Sunday night right here on the SNS Radio Network starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Sunday we will be back with another edition of Sunday Night Showdown, bringing you the coverage from 10-10-10, Bound for Glory. It only happens once in a century. We're going to find out who they are. Well, we already know who they are, but we're going to find out who they really are. This Sunday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. On behalf of the Sensational Sean, on behalf of uh, Chris Kelly of From Headlocks to Headlines, on behalf of Hollywood and a Half Mage, and on behalf of myself... Mr. Money on the mic, J.J. Sexay, you've just been unplugged. Good night, everybody. Oh, testify! Please call my name.
Crelly, are you still listening to that bloody show again? Quit playing with your dinghy, it's over!